Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Seaspire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. This is episode 130, and today we'll be talking about Room for Ruby. I'm DC13. And I'm Sophia. What an agent of chaos Navy turned out to be that none of us were expecting. It's always the cute ones. It's always the ones with the gems on their navel. Hmm. Hmm, I don't know. I was I was absolutely not expecting the twist at the end. I still don't know how I feel about it. Because the whole episode, up until that point, I spent in just adoration of Ruby. I loved her. And then at the end, when she betrayed everybody, I was just sort of like, what? See, this episode was kind of a bit, bit of back and forth for me on that front. Because I thought that really early, they were telegraphing pretty hard a betrayal, and, and then even the whole, you know, they make make a special effort of showing the ship after she's like, what if she's just trying to steal the ship? And it's like, hmm. But then they kind of do a fake out when they switch over to Lapis, and she and she's like, oh, you know, th- this is this is my problem. I, I shouldn't be, you know, so mad that she's able to pick this up better than me. And then it's like, nope, nope, double fake out. She She was a betrayer. So, yeah, this was interesting because... Navy Ruby seemed so genuine. Like, she even seemed genuinely upset when she thought that she'd hurt Lapis, so... Hmm. I don't know, I just, I feel... I feel tricked. I feel smeckerdorfed. Bamboozled. Smeckledorfed? Smeckledorfed. My voice is not in a good point today. Yeah, this is a this is a level of duplicity that we have just not seen from Rubies. I did not think that they had the guile necessary. <laughs> I mean, maybe this is what Garnet was talking about when she said not all rubies are dumb. I think she was just talking about her, the ruby that makes up her self. You'd think that Garnet would know herself better than that. Maybe. Maybe. We're all learning things about ourselves, GC. Yeah. But it, I don't know, like, the kind of message that um everyone recovers from trauma and change in different ways and in different rates. I don't know, that that moral was kind of short-circuited by the revelation that Ruby was just faking the whole time. Yeah, I mean, like, they kind of undermined themselves. Like, what did they... What were they trying to, to say with that? This whole episode was just, like, difficult to explain. Maybe they weren't actually going for a moral this time. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, not every not every episode has to have a moral. I mean, they they didn't used to. Hmm. I mean, and frankly, other than the fact that Greg is a very attractive man, what was the moral of the zoo? Um. You could extract one, but it's not supported by the episode itself. Ignorance is bliss, I guess. There you go. The wisdom of Cypher. <laughs> what, what really made me love this episode and makes it very difficult for me to criticize it too harshly is that the face expressions are gold. All of them. Oh, I I absolutely loved all the faces that Navy was making at the end there. All of the faces they were all making, I think the storyboarders were really liking giving those characters big pupils. Steven <laughs> and Lapis and Navy all had big pupils at some point in the episode. And I loved it. Navy had some very, very prominent smiley face pupils in at least one shot. Yeah. Oh man, Navy's <laughs> the edits that have been done of Navy has she saying like that you're still holding on and 
Of course, the absolute best, I think, is the Cartoon Network. I think something wrong with the schedule. The only thing wrong is that you're still watching Steven Universe. <laughs> I just, I like the one of that classic picture of this little girl looking back from a fire, but it was Ruby. Mm, this episode, I, I, I don't know how to feel about it. Still. There was a lot of cute little moments, but all together, I'm not sure. A lot of people are thinking Garnet was awfully cavalier to let Steven go ahead and try and convert Navy when she even she figured there's like a 50-50 shot of it working. Yeah, so what did the balloons mean? Because for me, I was having a difficult time understanding what was trying to be said. Well, the whole welcome to the party thing would be, was just in case that Steven had worked his magic and Navy was bringing him there in the ship as all friends. And the sorry for your loss was for the scenario we, we ended up with, uh, where Navy betrayed them. And so she popped the balloon that was irrelevant, and kept the balloon that was. Hmm, maybe, maybe Garnet's future vision was kind of like, you know, there is a possibility that she will betray them, but they probably won't get hurt. Yeah, and I mean, because again, a lot of people are saying, oh, you know, how could she, you know, now Ruby is going to go out there, and oh, such bad things are going to happen. It's like, well, I mean... Peridot made a formal report about this, and all they did was send one Jasper. She didn't report that there were living crystal gems. Yes, yeah, she did. No, she didn't. That's why Jasper showed up, because Jasper's like, what? Crystal gems? I have to kick some butt! I mean, I got the impression that Jasper, if Jasper hadn't volunteered, then Peridot wouldn't have got an escort. No, because- they just do not care. No, because Peridot- I don't think they know that the crystal gems are the reason that there's been so many problems and the Earth mission is so delayed. Well, Peridot figured that out in Marble Madness, and then she said, I'm reporting this, you know, to the crystal gems who just destroyed the control center that she was operating remotely. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, Pearl specifically said, we are the crystal gems. We're still alive and we're still the guardians of this planet. And all who inhabit it or something like that. Yeah. Yes, and all who inhabit it, yes. Hmm, I just, hmm, 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 I think the new Ruby coming in and saying quite specifically exactly what the Crystal Gems have been up to. I don't know, I just kind of got the impression to be like, oh, who, the, those Rubies making up stories again to cover up their own incompetence. What what can you do? Hmm, I wonder if she's going to rescue the other Rubies. I don't know, this might be her shot to get her own platoon. <laughs> I don't know, she's already shown a knack for treachery. Hmm. Man, she was just such a good liar. Yeah, we, we might have a new chess master on our hands. <laughs> Another player of the game. And uh, to everyone out there who just lost, I apologize on Sophia's behalf. Huh? Don't worry about it. I was making a Game of Thrones reference. Yeah, and I was making another reference. GC, you've lost your reference privileges. I will never lose my reference privileges. I never had them. I abuse them too much. I don't have that much more to talk about for this episode. Like, I just... I still can't decide what I think about it. I think Peridot is... So we saw in the new Crystal Gems how strong her metal control was. Here we see what finesse she has acquired. Opening up an umbrella perfectly, she's able to keep that trash can perfect, or that trash can lid perfectly level, while More she levitates herself and Stephen up. I mean, they were able to bounce on it, no problem. 
yeah, that was, oh, there was something I wanted to say about, I can't think about it, but. I was kind of taken out of it a bit when we see Lapis making it rain perfectly, um, even with the sideways drive. So I'm just kind of having to headcanon it as her putting the necessary velocity on the water. Yeah, because it was falling pretty quickly. And at an angle. So maybe it was windy. A little windy. Mm, I don't know. That was a pretty steady wind. Bottom line is, Lapis's control is uh, is also not to be sneezed at. Yeah, she is a, a terraformer. Peridot's got a long way to go before she can reach the level of mastery of her powers that Lapis has over hers. Hmm, true. But I like to think that she looks up to Lapis. She very obviously does. Well, yeah, she is very short. Har har har. Oh my god. Well, I was talking about how she ver- she does actually look up to, to Lapis and respects and admires her. And the god it! <laughs> and I do like how she does respect Lapis. Like, she was saying how, oh, Lapis doesn't like it when we call it the gem cave or something like that. And so I don't. <laughs> no, no. The joke was, she said, you know, this is the gem cave. Lapis doesn't like it when you call it that, so don't. So she just does what she just said not to do. It's Peridot being oblivious. I also like the hammock joke. It's a bed that you <laughs> fall out of. Yeah, uh, there, there you go. Classic Peridot not understanding. I mean, she understands, but she doesn't. <laughs> it's a good formula. It makes her funny. Have you ever been on a hammock, GC? Mm, not recently. It's been a while. They can be they can be pretty fickle if not set up right. I did think it was, since we're just talking about adorable things, I thought it was cute. Them. Oh, hey, there's a star to wish on. <laughs> the sun rising. Yeah, that is that is true. I mean, it Hopefully is a star. it isn't shooting across Earth anytime soon. And I'd be really worried if it was screaming. I mean, a lot of people made the uh, <laughs> Rick and Morty joke. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like that. I liked Ruby's screech as she just plummets through the atmosphere. <laughs> that was pretty funny. What bugged me, though, is just, like, these rubies were originally orbiting the moon. I didn't get the impression that they were orbiting the moon. I, I mean, you know, they never would have hit escape velocity um, from the moon. True, from just being sucked up as a vacuum. Yeah, the... so, so we don't have to worry about the realism of the orbital mechanics. But I, I never got the impression that they were anywhere near the moon anymore. Yeah, so... It's interesting because it would be really, really hard to plummet back to the Earth, let alone mere feet from Stephen's house. Like, I can understand, you know, they did make it back to Earth. Like, I'll give them that because I understand, like, the obviously the universe isn't going to do tons of research on, you know, the, the, amount, the probability of something that was blasted from the moon hitting the Earth. But it landed right in front of the beach house. I mean, yeah, because I guess they, again, this is, they're doing a because cartoon thing, because they don't want to be like, oh, hey, something just entered the atmosphere, let's go investigate. You know, that's like a minute of time that you don't have to have Navy be cute uh, before she betrays them. And they want to do it in one episode because of reasons. Well, you could have, like, Garnet and Steven doing something and they see it in the horizon and then spend five seconds of a time transition of them making their way there. To the nearest warp pad! <laughs> to the nearest warp pad! Or, you know, they could have picked her up in the ruby ship. If you are on the moon and blast off from the moon, you are 
still orbiting the Earth because you have the velocity that the moon does of well, spinning like, again, around the Earth. We're not so talking you, about the realism of so the orbital mechanics need, because they would not have reached escape velocity. You would need to push yourself off from the moon, not only fast enough to escape from the moon, but also fast enough to negate the speed of your orbit around the Earth so you could fall straight down. Because, like, if you were on the International Space Station and just, like, kicked off, you wouldn't fall to Earth. you just keep orbiting the Earth because you're traveling thousands of miles an hour. You'd be moving away from the International Space Station at a rate of a few feet per second, you know, just however hard you push yourself off. But, you know, bottom line is, uh, Navy landed in front of the temple because cartoon. And again, if I were just going to level one thing that just really does not do it for me about the newer episodes of Steven Universe, it is the sheer amount of things that happen, you know, because cartoon. Either it's funny for it to happen, or, you know, well, G is just faster to get to the action we had in mind if we do it this way. Um, that's not how the earlier seasons were written. Yeah, yeah, it does seem to be cutting a little corners when it comes to explaining things. Like, I think there was this one passage, and I can't remember where I saw it, and I can't remember who wrote it, but it was like, you need to sort of provide an explanation for why things are happening. Like, if so-and-so is swimming underwater, and they're just a normal human, like, you need to provide an explanation for why they're swimming underwater. Because, like, if even a small child is going to question that, then obviously the rest of your audience is going to question it too. Like, you just need to be like, Eddie was holding a futuristic water-breathing device, and then you're done. Yeah. Boom. Rebreather. Problem solved. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, maybe maybe Ruby hit a, a meteor, hitchhiked I mean, on one of those. Again, I'm not going to put any more effort into it than they did. <laughs> it happened because it's a cartoon. Maybe Navy isn't as clever as fans are giving her credit for. I mean, you saw how she made Lapis very suspicious because of just how easy everything was. I mean, if Lapis wasn't surrounded by very gullible people, like, there just would have been like, no, Navy, you gotta make us work for your conversion, otherwise we're not gonna believe you. Haven't you ever watched Bird Notice? Jeez. Yeah, it's interesting how Navy was able to finally decipher the right time to ask to see her ship. Because if she'd done it right at the beginning, they'd been like, oh, you're just gonna pull a fast one on us. But <laughs> this time they all trusted her. Well, yeah, because I, I guess she correctly discerned, you know, Lapis is the doubter. So once I get the doubter to have a crisis of faith, um, they will... You know, there, there, Lapis, it's okay when she finally decides that, okay, maybe I'm for real, and Lapis won't raise an objection when I ask for what I really want. Well, Lapis wasn't suspicious of Ruby's motives. She was- simply... Yes, she was. She's like, there's no way that she doesn't hate us. And she was right. Well, but she didn't believe that Ruby was going to trick them. She more kind of- She wasn't- right from the beginning she's like are you sure this is a good idea she has to hate us <laughs> and then later on she was starting getting mad it's like no there's how are you taking this so quickly i mean she wasn't like suspicious like this is wrong nobody would convert this quickly but she was still unnerved by it she saw it more of a flaw in herself than looking yes. at ruby in her motives mm -hmm. 
It bothers me that Lapis didn't go after the ship and just, like, punch it out of the sky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At the, or at the very least, like, just grab it with the, like she did the first time. Yeah, with the, the big hand. Mm-hmm. I mean, Lapis is like, no, no, she, she's a ruby. Letting a ruby escape is not a threat, okay? I'm sorry, I don't care. How about she tricked us? It is the Crystal Gem's only ship. Yeah. That can get them into orbit. So they're going to need to be using Lion again. Pearl Pearl and Paradox can work something out, I'm sure. Well, with the materials they have on Earth. Yeah, that's true. You have to bootstrap, like, entire new industries just to get your precursor elements. Mm Mm-hmm. And having to be explaining to the CIA why you need, uh... Jet fuel. Oh, the, the, the CIA, like, is stopped responding to Beach <laughs> City a long time ago. They don't want any of that. <laughs> We're just like, we will spy on everybody except that we are done getting involved with them. <laughs> but Basically. I think I think part of the motive for this episode, like, kind of a, a meta motive, was that they were going to have an episode where the ship being available would have been a major plot hole. So they wanted to remove that. Oh yeah, so they need to they need to explain well why don't they just do the easy thing and use the ship. I was kind of thinking that this episode happened because, you know, people have been complaining that Steven is way too successful at converting gems. They kind of even lampshaded that a little bit in Bismuth, where it went in reverse. Gets along with the gem, then the gem tries to kill him. And so this was another failure of Steven to win a gem over. Yeah, it it takes time, which unfortunately they they didn't have the luxury of with Ruby. Also, again, way too trusting, way too soon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I would have trusted her too. That was pretty convincing. The act that she pulled. Also, when another thing that I kind of noticed is that when Garnet and Stephen were looking at the shooting stars, it was nighttime. And then when he's yep. walking in the barn, it's morning. So did Steven pull an all-nighter? I imagine that poor boy must have a really messed up sleep schedule. When they showed up at the at the barn, it was, yeah, date. it was... Sunrise. Maybe maybe they got up just before sunrise. At like 4 a.m.? That depends on when sunrise is. I mean, what, what, what time of the year do we expect? We expect it's going to be summertime on the East Coast? So yeah, like 4 a.m. Because by 5 a.m. you start to see the... It starts to light up the sky, more or less, in the summer. Through the magic of internet research, I I was able to look up... I used Ocean City, Maryland, uh, as it should be fairly close to where Beach City is. And it says that in August, twilight will actually start from 5.30 um, at the beginning of August and end up at 6 o'clock at the end of August. So we don't want twilight, we want sunrise. Oh, yeah, but sun, sunrise is when the sun actually breaks over the horizon. Twilight would be um, okay. When so it twilight can work light. for the morning too. So yeah, Stephen Stephen wasn't out at uh, out at four in the morning. He was probably out more like five in the morning. So still an early start, but not that bad. Maybe there was like going to be a meteor shower early in the morning, and he woke up early to watch it. So that's what we have to say about room for Ruby. I guess we'll be talking about one of the retro episodes again uh, next week because there is no new episode scheduled for Steven Universe. Actually, no reruns scheduled. Very, very disappointed in Cartoon Network. Yeah, what the? 
what is going on with Cartoon Network? So there's no episode next week. And they haven't been advertising the premieres at all. I mean, for this week, for Room for Ruby, they were like, oh yeah, brand new Teen Titans Go! Followed by a new Powerpuff Girls! And in reality, the schedule was brand new Teen Titans Go! Um, a repeat of the Teen Titans Go! Island Adventure um, episode or miniseries. And then a repeat of the Teen Titans Go! Powerpuff Girls crossover then Steven Universe, then Powerpuff Girls. And it's like, okay, guys, like, okay. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, I don't expect the ratings to have been stellar, but they're not advertising it at all, and they're not rerunning it at all. This was the 15 minutes Steven got all week. Mm-hmm. It's been it's been weird with Cartoon Network as of late. You know, as, as a guy who does a podcast for Steven Universe, I'm like, come on, guys, show my favorite show a little bit of love. I mean, just help me <laughs> out. I will consider it a personal favor from you, Cartoon Network. I buy your merch, okay? Oh, man, I've been wanting to get the cheeseburger backpack, but it's like $50, man. Yeah, I mean, the the merch is expensive. I, I do not blame you for being hesitant. Uh, but they, they we are getting a second wave of Funko Pops, just in case there's anyone out there who hasn't heard, or maybe if you heard but forgot. Look who likes to Funko that. Pop? They're so ugly. Yeah, Especially the pearl you. one? Good lord. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking over at my Pearl right now. She's having a bit of a lie down because for some reason she'll stand up for a little while and then the center of balance goes completely off and she can't stand up. So there's something inside that head that moves. Or a slight breeze will knock her over. I don't like the Funko Pops. I think they're yeah, really I, I'd rather I'd rather that they spring for a $25 MSRP figure that looked better, like the League of Legends figures. Those figures are so yeah, like great what, for $25. How bucks. come anime figurines get such detail and Well, the anime figurines are them. really expensive. I, I, I think $25 looks like the sweet spot. Although for League of Legends, they do have the added... Bonus of not having a middleman. They're only available on their own store. So they would probably MSRP for $35 at least if these were to well, be Steven in third-party stores. Like, it's a very cartoony style. You don't need extreme detail. Like the $300, you know, bizarre oh, figurines. Yeah, that would be insane. But yeah, I, I would totally pay like $30, $40 for some good Steven Universe figurines. I probably would tell myself I wouldn't, and then get it anyway on impulse, because I'm really bad. <laughs> but yeah, the Funko Pops for $15, pretty good, but I, I do wish they had some higher-end figurines. Not the super high-end stuff, but just better. Yeah, I'm disappointed with the Steven Universe merch, because, like, kind of merch I like is sort of a reference, but all of it's just like... Ah, uh, yes. It's like Yellow Diamond with her clawed face, and it's like... No, because that's too much, like... I like the more subtle stuff, like mm-hmm. the lion, like the lion t-shirt with the just lion's outline. Yeah. Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'm like that, too. I, I think my favorite shirt that did the reference, like the, the, the sweet spot of the way I like it, was some um, Elder Scrolls shirt that was like the color of parchment, and it had a black handprint that said, we know. But anyway, we will see you all next week. I'll have to look up what episode we'll be discussing, but we'll be discussing it. Until then, I'm GC13. And I'm Sophia. My voice hurts. Leave us a review on iTunes. Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening.